Wealthy, Cameron, Allison, and Dylan arrive at a fancy schmancy restaurant, the kind where the host and staff are quietly judging you as soon as you walk in through the door, and can spot a poser from a mile away. The kind of place wherein, if you order a steak well done, they will literally throw you out of the restaurant. But on that note, please don't insult and disrespect the cow by ever ordering your steak well done. I mean, it's practically beef jerky at that point. Thanks for getting me out of the apartment, you guys. I feel like I've only been working and sleeping lately, and sometimes sleeping while working. Well, it doesn't help that you're binging the crown. I know, I know. But that show is just so damn addicting. It's kind of like Great British Bake Off. And thanks, Cam, for treating all of us out for the evening. Hey, no sweat, dude. Congrats on the promotion today. And I didn't have to bone anyone to get it. Okay, you guys. When Connor gets here, please try not to embarrass yourselves. Are you sure he's showing up this time? Ouch, well... Okay, fair. He does tend to be flaky. Why are so many gays flaky? You know, if flaky is a good quality in a crust, then why is it used as a pejorative on people? So where did you meet this one? In my therapist's office. Well, in the lobby. If I met someone in my therapist's office, that'd be weird. Unless it was a sexual therapist, then that may be kind of hot. Um, what exactly have you been seeing them for? Uh, HIPAA violation, anybody? Don't be so melodramatic. If you don't want to answer, just say so. Well, if you insist, I've been talking with Dr. Peacock about my guy problems. About how you can't find a boyfriend? No, about whether cereal belongs in a box or in a glass canister, like some loser caller from the other month. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I struggle with the same thing. Anyway, things have been going well, but she's intense. I'm going to check with the host to see if we can be seated. Cameron walks over to the dapperly dressed host. Uh, Cameron, party of five? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I only see four guests. We're still waiting on our fifth. I'm dreadfully sorry, sir, but I cannot seat you until your entire party is present. But most of us are here. There are four guests. Jeez, calm down, dude. Yeah, you just flex that little bit of power you have. (laughs) Calm down, Cam. Cameron walks back over to the group. Suddenly, a party walks up to the host stand, tells the host that they are still waiting on their table, but slip the host money, and the host sends them straight to their seat. Here, let me try. Allison takes out a $5 bill from her clutch and walks over to the host stand. Cameron, party of five? Allison slips the host the $5 bill. But only four of us are here presently. There are four guests. But you let that group go. Madam, they slipped me a $50 bill. This guy's tougher than our Cardassian interrogator. The rest of the group is noticeably perplexed at his reference. What? Lenny got me into watching Star Trek TNG. Sir Patrick Stewart should have won an Emmy for that episode. Thought you weren't dating, Lenny. Oh, we aren't officially dating, but we still mess around sometimes. Bradley receives a text message. What? Connor is flaky on me again? Why this time? He says that he's already in his PJs and doesn't want to leave. 
<sighs> okay, well, I guess the host can seat us at a table for four now. Cameron walks back to the host. Actually, our fifth member isn't going to make it, so you can just seat us at a table for four. Oh, it's not as simple as that. What do you mean? Since you made a reservation for five, you must stick to that or risk a $20 penalty for the no-show. This is ridiculous. Come on, guys. Let's just find a lonely loser here all by themselves. We just need one more person. Anyone will do. Hey-ya, kiddos! Looks like anyone just walked in. Hey, Mrs. Edge, you like to come here? Oh, you betcha. You see, I always check to see which desserts are past their serve-by date, but still good for at least 24 more hours. <laughs> and I take them home for me and Mr. H. Wow. Cameron walks back to the host stand. We have five guests. Wonderful, and thank you for your patience. I hope you do have a delightful dinner. After our five friends have enjoyed their dinner, Allison takes a magazine out of her purse. My school's alumni magazine came in today, and guess what? You've been graduated long enough that wedding articles start turning into funeral articles? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's so true that happens eventually. One minute you're receiving wedding invitations and baby announcements in the mail. Then the next you're receiving funeral announcements. Hey bratty, that's a good way to find your next boyfriend. How so? Start checking the old bits with widowers. <laughs> anyway, for the 12th year in a row, neither me nor my radio show are featured in the magazine. Haven't they listened to it? Maybe they have, and that's why you're not in there. Is there anything interesting in this issue? Not really, but the best part is witnessing how ungracefully so many have aged. Glad I don't have that problem. Oh, by the way, Allie, I recently joined the board of the Tampa Bay Preservation Society for Decaying Monuments. Would you like to make a donation? Which decaying monument are you saving? You. Oh. <laughs> okay, fine. I know I'm aging too, but I still look great. Allison leans into Bradley. Thanks to your Botox clinic. <laughs> well, I guess we have some fuel for the fireplace since it's going to be in the 60s tonight. No, we can't burn it yet. Well, why not? Because I haven't been through the whole thing to trash people yet. Why do you always trash everyone in there? If I'm going to donate 25 bucks a year, then I'm going to get something out of it. <laughs> that kind of pettiness is a waste of time and energy. We shouldn't measure ourselves against other people's successes and failures. Then how the hell are we going to know if we're better than someone else? Perhaps, Allie, you should see Bradley's therapist to work through whatever's prompting these feelings of inadequacy. Such a big word from such a small-minded jock. See, Allie, there you go again. I think you should talk to my therapist. She was ranked as one of the top ten therapists in Tampa. I don't believe in therapy. It's a bunch of malarkey. Here. Bradley hands Allison a business card. Check her out. She's tough, but incredibly insightful. And if you sign on to her, I get 15% off my next session. (laughs) Not sure she's going to tell me anything that I don't already know. I'm practically a therapist on our show. I don't think armchair therapy is the equivalent of medical advice. Besides, every therapist needs a therapist. And if for no other reason, you should go because maybe you'll meet a real psycho in the lobby who will make you feel better about your crazy self. (laughs) 
In other news, I have a big announcement for everyone. Volunteering somewhere new or chairing another board at a nonprofit? Oh yes, silly goose. I'm entering the Mrs. Gasparilla Senior Pageant Competition. You are? That's great, Mrs. H. Those judges won't know what hit them. Sure they will. Harry. <laughs> oh, you kids. I'll help you, Mrs. H. No one can get you prepared for a show-off for crowds like I can. And I'll help you with practicing your talent. Well, what is your talent? Fire baton twirling, don't you know? <laughs> I love the smell of movies in the morning. There's no feeling in podcasts. There's no feeling in podcasts. This podcast will be quite operational when your friends subscribe. Feels. Real feels. Not the feels! Not the feels! Out of all the podcasts I've encountered, Real Feels was the most human. Hey, it's Drew. And Nathan. And Jack. Hey guys, and we're the Real Feels Podcast. We come to you every other Wednesday with a brand new movie of a different genre every single time. So make sure to catch us on iTunes, Podbean, and any other podcatcher out there. You're the realist. And the feelist. Come to Yeehaw! <laughs> Bradley is lying down on the chase lounger in his therapist's office, with his therapist sitting across from him. All the usual accoutrements are on display. Saltwater fish tank that you know the therapist hasn't a clue how to maintain. The DSM-5 displayed on a coffee table like a family Bible. And a sign that reads, today's safe word is, harder, harder, faster, faster. So you see, Doc, I've done nothing to deserve this treatment. I swear. I'm cursed or something. Gays are just so mean to me. I give, 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 and I get nothing in return except rejection, friend zoning, and ghosting. I can be at Hit Me Again or the gin joint on singles night, and not a one comes up and talks to me. Why am I always the victim? Have you ever thought of going up to one of the guys at singles night and talking to them yourself, you big baby? I can't do that. And why not? Because how do I know if they're single? <laughs> Bradley, you're at singles night. Oh, right. Bradley sits up in the chair. Can you lie back down? You're blocking the clock. <laughs> you have to stop with this irrational conditioned behavior. Have you ever stopped to think that constantly playing the victim card actually hurts you? Well, no, I... You realize that you cannot possibly meet anyone if you've already predetermined that every guy you meet is prejudging you. I suppose. Just because you've had bad experience in the past, and I must admit your luck is worse than most, that every guy you meet is going to treat you the same. Makes sense. I think you've decided that every guy is going to reject you, so you actually act weirdly or pretentious as a defense mechanism. You're ostensibly rejecting them before they even have a chance to reject you. Wow, you're good. I know. That's why you paid for my hot tub with your sessions. <laughs> hot tub? That reminds me of the time. You're about to tell me another sad story, aren't you? You are a clairvoyant. Well, don't. We're out of time because of your last story and all your woe is me complaining. I need to stop doing that. You need to stop doing a lot. <laughs> I have an assignment for you. Ooh, like a secret agent mission? You know I have just the right spy outfit and I already have my code name, Dallas Valentine. You know, grown ass men acting like cutesy brainless twinks makes me want to vomit. <laughs> I want you to write a letter to your younger self telling him how to avoid all the mistakes you've made. 
Bradley walks from the office into the lobby where Allison is waiting. How'd it go? Intense. Did you cry? Not this time, that was last week. I don't know about this. You sure she's good? She's the best, but also likes to play hardball. She gave me homework. There's homework? Dr. Peacock sticks her head out of the office door. I'm ready to see you now, Allison. Allison turns to Bradley as she walks towards the door. I guess I can just copy yours. (laughs) Back at apartment 9, Cameron and Dylan are working on their plan to turn Mrs. Halverson into a pageant queen, or at least princess anyway. Dylan has a whiteboard with a litany of workout routines, runway moves, and suggested costumes. Cameron is busy writing Mrs. Halverson's speeches. At that moment, Mrs. Halverson arrives. Boys, I have some terrible news. A frantic Mrs. Halverson bursts into the apartment. She's head of the month has met with supply chain issues. The building's owner's replacing you with a kiosk? No, although those would be terrible, don't you know? <laughs> All the contestants had to get a physical, and now my doctor won't let me compete, much less perform my talent. The herring toss? Butter turning? Fire baton twirling. (laughs) How did the physical affect fire baton twirling? Because he says my blood pressure's too high. I'm surprised. You should be in tip-top shape because of my high-intensity workout tapes. (laughs) What did your doctor say to do? He said if I want to compete, I've got to lose 15 pounds. I only have one week. I don't understand how this could be. Get out of town. (laughs) I guess that's it. Gotta drop out. Nonsense. You can do it. We can help you. Like how? It's not like she's going to turn into a marathon runner in a week. I have an aunt who worked at a cheerleading summer camp that promoted unhealthy and unrealistic body images. This one time? At cheerleading camp? she do the rest of the year? She was also Nicole Richie's dietitian and fitness coach back in the 90s. I know I can get you into shape in time for the competition, but it's going to require as much dedication as you put into your cheese heads, Mrs. H. So when do we start? How's about after lunch? I have a coupon for that all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. It's an Asian buffet nowadays, Mrs. H. No, this one's Chinese. I'm always hungry ten minutes later. (laughs) That's not right. Neither are Lululemon's exorbitant prices for spandex that's acceptable somehow as regular clothes. (laughs) We're starting now. Go grab your Kmart athleisure and Rocky soundtrack. Back at the therapist's office, Bradley is working on his homework assignment in the lobby. There is another patient sitting a few chairs away and gets Bradley's attention. My phone died. Do you have the time? Sure. It's 11.15. Really? That's frustrating. The session before mine is really cutting into my time. Ah, that'd be my roommate. She's so needy. Shouldn't be too much longer. It's her first session. And you know how tough Dr. Peacock is. I sure hope it's not much longer. I'm feeling particularly anxious today. The kind of anxiety I felt before I set the star schmucks on fire. The door to the therapist's office opens, and Dr. Peacock and Allison walk out just laughing and carrying on. I had a great time. This was just what I needed. I had a great time, too. We should do lunch sometime. I'm working on my homework, Dr. Peacock. Oh, you're still here. (laughs) 
Are you ready for me? Come on back. If you're extra good today, I may let you burn the old magazines. But first a story. So we're in space. <laughs> Dr. Peacock and the patient enter the office and close the door behind them. Girl, you must have had a breakthrough. I told you she was good. I did have a breakthrough, and I was also given an assignment. She is good, but tough. What's your word count? Word count? Oh, <laughs> no. My assignment is to treat myself with a spa day. Engadget wrote me a prescription for it so my health insurance will cover it. <laughs> All Gidget gives me are writing assignments. Yeah, you're still supposed to call her Dr. Peacock. What? That's so unfair. I was Gidget or Dr. Peacock. Patient first. I don't know what to tell you, but we're meeting tomorrow for lunch to talk about me being in her new book. Bradley is noticeably fuming with jealousy. Fine. We'll just see who else gets to be in the book. And by that, you mean you? <laughs> just you see. I'll be in the book, too, and on a first-name basis with her. And with that, Bradley and Allison leave Dr. Peacock's office. If we were on TV, this is where you would get that cliché trading montage scene. You know the one. But we aren't, so you'll just have to settle for a little rocky music. Anyway, Cameron, Dylan, and Mrs. Halverson walk into the gym. Wow, this place is so gosh darn nice. I've never been in here before. How have you worked here since forever and never been here? No time like the present. I've been looking forward to whipping you into shape. Oh, I didn't know it was that kind of workout. I'm a master of fitness, and you're going to beg to stop before I'm done with you. Sounding more and more like one of your sex tapes. When we're in here, you address me as the big D. Okay, before you guys get started, Mrs. H, how high do you want the slit on your dress? Also, sequins or lame? Red sequins, definitely. And all the way up to just below my cellulite line. <laughs> okay, Mrs. H, we're going to start with the ropes. Mrs. Halverson climbs the rope and falls. Then she attempts to walk across the balance beam, but falls. Then she lifts the buckets of herring. Next, Mrs. H does sit-ups with Dylan tossing a cheese head at her. And while this is all going on, Cameron takes measurements of Mrs. H. You're in worse shape than I thought. Hey now, hair is a shape. <laughs> Perhaps we should work on your tail. Mrs. Halverson grabs her baton and lights the ends on fire. Mrs. Halverson begins to dance and twirl. Unfortunately, she gets too close to Cameron and lights him on fire. Sorry, Cammy. I guess you're a flamer now. <laughs> Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to Film Busters. Three friends who love each other, but hate each other's tastes in movies. You just I hate Tom Cruise, don't it. you? It was annoying me. I think when I was watching it, I was in a mood to be irritated because I get irritated when I see Tom Cruise straight away. <laughs> How do you even get into a fucking acting career when you're that shit? The lines are awful, but you can't even deliver a shit line. Yeah, listen, listen right now. Let me just say that... I wasn't bored at any point during the film. Oh, well, can I, I, I not, can I not say something? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I'm going first. I'm done with it. Fucking white male hero saving everyone all the time. It's particularly starting to piss me off. I don't think they should make any more Toy Story films. After this one, because... Because it's the perfect ending to a Toy Story franchise. It's 10 out of 10. Fuck off. Oh. 
I don't think I can continue podcasting with you boys. I've shot him. <laughs> Find Film Busters on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. The next week, Allison is sitting in the kitchen of apartment 9 and is on the phone. That's right. I'm going to be in a book. I don't know yet, but I am going to be in a book. Bradley walks into the kitchen. Does all that really matter? I'm simply informing you that I'm going to be in a book. Yes. Thank you. Bye now. You're not the only one that's going to be in the book. This guy is too. How the hell did you get into the book too? Well... During my session today, I went really deep into my life and talked about how I have this coworker that has traumatized me, and it's given me a nervous twitch every time I even hear her name. But you don't have a twitch. I do now. Bradley exaggeratedly twitches. <laughs> That's not fair. The book is my thing. Looks like it's an us thing. The two of us in Gidget's next bestseller. Have you even read any of her books? And since when do you get to call her Gidget? Well, no, but I'm sure they're brilliant. Looks like you're not the only interesting person in Apartment 9. I'm going to tell her you're faking the whole thing. Except for your general neuroses. That's innate. (laughs) Cameron and Dylan walk into the kitchen as Bradley and Allison are getting ready to leave. Where are you guys going? Yeah, Mrs. Halverson's pageant is tonight. We have to go talk to our therapist. He is encroaching on my space. And she can't stand that I'm special too? Whatever. You both are nuts. Just don't be late to the show. Mrs. H looks stunning, and she met the physical criteria. That's nothing short of a miracle. Bradley and Allison's argument continues as they enter Dr. Peacock's office lobby. Dr. Peacock sticks her head outside of her office door. I am in session. You two need to shut the hell up. But Gidget, Bradley can't be in the book. I'm the only one that's supposed to be in there. See, that's what I'm talking about. She makes me feel inferior all the time. Allison. Bradley twitches. Bradley. See that? He's faking. Both of you in my office now. I thought that you were in a session. I lied. I'm having a scotch and soda while enjoying an edible a patient gave me. (laughs) They all walk into the office and sit down, after which both Allison and Bradley show off their best crazy. Dr. Peacock is not buying it for a moment. Okay, you can drop the crazy. I literally wrote the book on it. See? Dr. Peacock then points to a book on display. Before you get your pantyhose all up in a bunch, aren't you even the least bit curious what kind of book it is? Well, whatever it is, I'm sure it's brilliant. I've read so much of your past work. And I'm sure it's beyond brilliant. I've read, well, no way, I've listened to uh, your book on Audible. (laughs) It's called Self-Victimization Isn't Helpful. A study on the reification of the psychosomatic. Do what? Pretty sure you made those words up. Not at all. So what chapter are we in? You two are in the chapter on what happens when you simply suck at life. Cameron and Dylan are eagerly awaiting the entrance of Mrs. Halverson at the pageant. The auditorium is lit, and there are plenty of first responders on standby with AEDs charged. (laughs) 
The house lights down and the stage lights up. The evening is filled with senior citizens giving it their all to be crowned queen. Okay, dude, we've done all we can, and the rest is up to her. She better not choke. I've got a 50 spot on her. Uh, falling off the wagon, are we? No, no, I'm good. Using Mrs. Halverson's money. She wasn't allowed to bet on herself. What? Pageant betting's a thing? <laughs> From the back of the auditorium, Bradley and Allison arrive. They walk to where Cameron and Dylan are sitting and take their seats. Did we miss it? No, you're just in time. Mrs. H is up next. Let's just hope she doesn't choke. On our way here, we pass an artisan cheese shop with a sale on imported Minnesota cheese. <laughs> Mrs. H said she just had to have the cheese. We told her after she wins the crown. And now, presenting Sonia Halverson of the Fairvale Building. Dressed in her drop-dead gorgeous red sequin gown with a slit up to her hips, Mrs. Halverson twirls her fire baton as she walks to center stage. Once she hits her mark, as she's twirling the fire baton, she rips off her gown to reveal a red sequin tankini. Whoa! Mrs. H is kind of hot. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. From the stage, we can hear Mrs. Halverson. I'm twirling, I'm smiling, but I'm also concerned with all the sadness and conflict in the world. <laughs> the runway and talent sections end, and the next section begins. Ladies and gentlemen, we are entering the Q&A section of tonight's events. The finalists gather center stage. Mrs. Halverson certainly stands out. The MC asks the first two contestants questions. Our next prompt goes to Sonia Halverson. Sonia, describe your life's philosophy in one minute or less. Bradley leans in to Dylan. How the hell is she supposed to get an old country story in there? <laughs> it occurs to me, as I find myself water skiing down the great mountain of life, there are a lot of trees in the way. <laughs> Such as worry and stubbornness in their various forms. Not too long ago, I used to overly worry about my health, my age, or what kind of cheese I was going to put on my grilled cheese. Getting old isn't as great as the village's commercials make it out to be. <laughs> but as I get old, I realize that I've discovered the greatest secret in life. Family and friends. Best friends who are a lot like family in the best and worst ways. I have people here tonight that count us both. I never had kids of my own, but who could have guessed that in my golden years that God would have blessed me with four of the best people in the world. And they are all beautiful, talented, and dear to my heart. They make me feel very rich. So if you can get as old and rich as I am tonight, then you've had a great life. The judges have handed me the envelope. And our winner is... Sonia Halverson! Holy shit! Today's episode, and how does that make you feel, was written and directed by R.L. Terry. Voicing our cast, Sean Perrette as Bradley, Jeff Feitner as Cameron, Cassandra Dodge as Allison, Josh Williams as Dylan, Linda Castro as Mrs. Halverson, and myself as the narrator. Guest starring the besotted geeks, Mrs. Peacock as Dr. Peacock, and Stork as the patient and MC. Our theme song was written and recorded by Lana White and produced by Dave Anderson. 
Our producer is Danielle Meskel. Connect with us on Twitter at ForzaCrowdPod. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for dropping in. See you next time in Apartment 9.